by Jack Folson, clinical pharmacist. Not to overstate the problem but the DEA is attacking healthcare providers with artificial metrics. The so-called red flags of diversion are part of an algorithm that the DEA uses to assign criminality to oftentimes legitimate medical treatments. Most practitioners believe that the DEA is purposely turning a blind eye to emerging techniques and even the American Medical Association has weighed in on this shortcoming of the DEA's approach to diversion control. In fact, as opioid-induced deaths have skyrocketed the deaths attributable to prescribed opioids have actually decreased while death due to illicit drugs such as heroin, cocaine, and fentanyl which comes across our borders from other countries continues to rise. In fact, the term opioid epidemic no longer applies to prescription medications. The truth of the war on drug is a war on legal prescriptions for pain. What is particularly troubling is the intent for the DEA to increase their intrusion into the doctor-patient-pharmacist relationship without a clear understanding of all the parameters involved. In fact, patient care is totally lost in their conversation. Upon searching the cases tried in DEA court one notices a glaring deficit. Nowhere is the patient's conditions a factor that is elucidated. Common law jurisdiction requires an actual injured party of which they never present. Maritime jurisdiction requires that there be a contract in force in which all the parameters are known by both parties but this fails because the DEA never publishes the names of suspect prescriber before they attack the pharmacies, nor do they publish the actual definitions that they use to assign criminality to their red flags of diversion. Savings for uninsured patients Diagnosis, non-acute pain. They use the spurious standard of standard of care which is very much open to interpretation but if they come after a provider what they say is the standard of care does not represent the standard of care that is published in the medical literature. They have become nothing more than a political organization that has lost its way. Furthermore, the selection process of who to go after seems to be aimed at those that are the least able to defend themselves from the regulatory overreach. Let's look at a few scenarios. The War on Drugs 1. Long Distance If you see a prescriber in one area and live in another area and see a pharmacy in yet another area you could trip the red flag of distance. The funny thing is that the DEA never gives a definition of how far the distance is that is acceptable for them. Furthermore, the constitutionally guaranteed right of choice is trampled upon with impunity. This means that if you're on vacation in one part of the state and go to the hospital in that same area but hold on to your prescription until you get home and your pharmacy fills that prescription the DEA might indict your pharmacist. Another common issue is for a patient who lives in one area but works in another and sees their doctor close to where they work and fill the prescription near home. This could be a big problem for you, your doctor, and your pharmacist. Can you see how this might cause a lot of confusion and pain for a person who is suffering from pain? anxiety, depression, or other conditions. 2. Multiple short-acting opiate prescriptions. Although the medical literature is quite available to show that one treatment that is very effective in minimizing the escalation of opioid dosing in patients that have intractable pain after they have developed enzyme induction, leads to tolerance of the normal treatment the DEA seems to be unaware of this clinical reality. In fact, the expert witnesses that the DEA employs in their witch hunt of healthcare professionals always testify that they cannot see any reason to use the alternating short-acting opioid protocol because they themselves have never heard of it. However, they are not pain management specialists and as such would not be expected to understand this often end-of-life protocol that is commonly used. Example of Schedule 2 Prescription for Oxycodone Uninsures Patient
3. Cash. Even though more than 50% of Americans do not have health insurance that pays for certain pain medications the DEA assigns the red flag of cash to any opioid or benzodiazepine prescription that is paid for by cash. Cash in their estimation includes credit and debit cards. So if your insurance company will not pay for pre-existing conditions and you have arthritis that requires an opioid for treatment you can find yourself in the midst of controversy concerning the DEA. 4. Doctor Shopping Let's say that you go to a clinic system that includes several prescribers and each time you go there is a different prescriber handling your treatment. Even though your prescribers have a shared protocol and are on the same page as to your treatment if you go from one location to the other you might feel the ire of the DEA because you are labeled as a doctor shopper. If a pharmacy fills your prescription they might be indicted. 5. Multiple people on the same day. Let's say that you and your cousin live in the same house. Both of you have a medical condition that is hereditary, but you need the same pain or anti-anxiety medications, but you are both indigent. So, you plan your trips to the doctor and pharmacy on the same days to save on transportation costs. The DEA has now criminalized this behavior. If a pharmacy fills both of the medications that you need that pharmacy might get indicted. 6. Compounding Let's say you need a narcotic medication every month for whatever reason your copay for the commercially available dosage form is too high for you to afford. But you find a pharmacy that is willing to compound the medication into a cheaper version specifically for you. Well, under the law compounding for such medication is allowed as long as the dosage form does not contain more than 20% active ingredient. The pro-manufacturer bias of the DEA assigns criminality to that solution to your problem unless you are given a dose that is individualized. But here's the thing. The law allows for this solution, but the DEA does not want the pharmacy to save you that money because they are in bed with Big Pharma. Even though the wording of the law says may they concoct an artificial and extrajudicial standard of must or shall which is not in the law to the detriment of the patients, prescribers, and dispensers of these medications. People are talking. In a recent article in the online news organization Filter, Greater Than DEA Pursues Vast Expansion of Patient Surveillance. The Drug Enforcement Administration, DEA, is looking to expand its anti-diversion surveillance infrastructure by being able to search and analyze myriad patient behaviors for the vast majority of controlled and scheduled drug prescriptions, all accompanied by a rapid process for legally unveiling personally identifying information. The implications of such massive invasion of privacy should not be allowed in light of the fact that the DEA cannot be trusted with the information that they currently have. For now you are within the norms. Footnotes Pharmaceutical compounding versus manufacturing, renewed interest in an old question. December 11, 2012 1441 and 28 seconds. James A. Jorgensen, RPH, MS, FASHP https colon slash slash www.pharmacytimes.com slash publications slash ibe slash 2012 slash ajpb underscore nov. Deck 2012 slash pharmaceutical compounding versus manufacturing renewed interest in an old question. By substituting opioids and using lower doses than expected according to the equivalency conversion tables, it is possible in the majority of cases to reduce or relieve the symptoms of opioid toxicity in those patients who are highly tolerant to previous opioids while improving analgesia and, as a consequence, the opioid responsiveness. Cancer 1999 86-1856-66. Copyright 1999 American Cancer Society.
Cancer, Original Article, Opioid Rotation for Cancer Pain Rationale and Clinical Aspects. Sebastiano Mercadante, MD. First published, November 20, 2000. HTTPS colon slash slash com slash DOI slash full slash 10.1002 slash percent 28 sish percent 2910972014 percent 2819991101 percent 2986 percent 3A9 percent 3C1856 percent 3A percent 3ED CNCR 30 percent 3E3.0 CO percent 3B2G Opioid switching and opioid rotation, at different stages of therapy, represent two clinical strategies used to optimize opioid response for patients with moderate to severe pain. Review article, Opioid Switching and Rotation in Primary Care, Implementation and Clinical Utility. Neil E. Slatkin. Pages 2133-2150, accepted June 16, 2009, published online. July 14, 2009. https colon slash slash www.tndefonline.com slash doi slash abs slash 10.1185030079909031201580158. The reality is that Portugal's drug situation has improved significantly in several key areas. Most notably, HIV infections and drug-related deaths have decreased, while the dramatic rise in use feared by some has failed to materialize. Transform Drug Policy Foundation Journal Drug Decriminalization in Portugal, Setting the Record Straight What Does Rat Park Teach Us About Addiction? June 10, 2019 Lloyd Isetterer, MD The implications of such massive invasion of privacy should not be allowed in light of the fact that the DEA cannot be trusted with the information that they currently have https colon slash slash transformdrugs.org slash drug decriminalization in Portugal setting the record straight slash. Background. Jack Folson is a renowned expert in pharmacy practice, hospital, retail chain, retail independent, sterile compounding, non-sterile compounding, former director of pharmacy. 1. June 9, 2020, by Jack Folson, Donald Sullivan PhD and the Folson Amicus Brief, Story Behind the Economic Lynching of Black-Owned Pharmacy Businesses by the Drug Enforcement Agency, DEA, in America. Greater than Donald Sullivan RPH, PhD, and the Folsom Amicus Brief. 2. HTTPS colon slash slash uairwithinthenorms.com slash 2020 slash 09 slash 04 slash the probity of Justice Harlem Wisdom Table Interviews Norman J. Clement RPH DDS slash